0: This is an ATS podcast for the Pulmonary Rehabilitation Assembly. I am Dr. Philippe Machado from Hasselt University in Belgium, and I have here with me Yvonne Hurtz and Mavstan Bonheur. They are at the final stage at their PhD trajectories at Ciro, a specialized rehabilitation center for people with chronic respiratory disease, in collaboration with Maastricht University in the Netherlands. Yvonne and Martin's research has mainly focused on fatigue, which is the topic of this podcast. I would like to start with a special thank you to Yvonne and Martin for accepting to talk with us today on this podcast. So the feeling of fatigue is an important complaint in patients with chronic respiratory disease. Thus, an important question is how to assess this symptom Yvonne and Martin have worked really hard to summarize the information about questionnaires that have been used to assess fatigue in the context of pulmonary rehabilitation. This information is now available at the ATS website under the outcome measures tab of the Pulmonary Rehabilitation Assembly. To start our podcast, could you perhaps tell the listeners why we should measure fatigue in chronic respiratory disease?
1: Uh, Yes, of course. Um, But I think to answer this question, we should maybe start with another question, like the question before, what is fatigue actually? Because I think that we all experience fatigue from time to time. If we had a lack of sleep or if we had a demanding job at work. Um, though normally we recover from this after a good night of rest or laying on a couch or a good cup, a cup of coffee, but it becomes a symptom when this feeling of running out of batteries does not go away from itself. And it becomes also a symptom when it, it interferes with daily activities such as taking a bath, going to the groceries, etc. And at first, the symptom of fatigue um, was recognized as a common symptom in oncological uh, conditions, but meanwhile, it has also been recognized as a really common and important symptom in chronic diseases, such as chronic respiratory diseases, and CBD, asthma, ILD, etc. Yeah,
2: indeed. Um, the only problem is that fatigue is often forgotten in, in patients with uh, chronic respiratory disease, and and despite the fact it's one of the most common symptoms uh, in a respiratory disease, next to dyspnea, um, and there are several reasons for this. Um, on the one hand, you have a patient that um, thinks it's fatigue is just part of the disease, and and therefore don't talk about fatigue. And on the other hand, we have the chest physicians and therapists who are like mainly focused on the respiratory uh, symptoms in this. In chronic respiratory diseases, and not ask about extra pulmonary symptoms such as fatigue, Um, and these symptoms like the symptom fatigue has a huge impact on quality of life, but also on physical activity, performing activities of daily living, and therefore it's really important to measure fatigue and also treat fatigue.
0: Okay, thank you, Livon and Martin. Uh, So we. I I agree with you that uh, it's important now to assess and to pay more attention to the assessment of fatigue, especially in patients with chronic respiratory disease. And sometimes this outcome is not investigated. So uh, I was checking the tables and I saw that you described 10 different instruments or questionnaires that can be used for for this end uh, to assess fatigue in patients with chronic respiratory disease then my first question also to start the discussion is uh, related also to this relatively high number of questionnaires. Uh, So first, what is according to you the main difference between these questionnaires that you summarized on these tables?
1: Yes, indeed. So many different questionnaires exist. On the ATS website, we just summarized 10. There are many more uh, existing. And this is actually because the diagnosis of fatigue is very complicated because it's a very subjective and also very diversive symptom. So some patients may describe their fatigue as a physical sensation, such as a lack of energy to perform day, daily activities, whereas others may describe their fatigue as a feeling of mental exhaustion leading to decreased motivation, for example. And um, today, the number of instruments have been developed to evaluate fatigue from single-item questionnaires, such as do you feel tired? Very simple questions. To multi-item fatigue specific instruments. So they exist out of multiple items.
2: I think in the introduction text of the um, um, ATS website section, um, we already briefly addressed this. So we have in this, for this uh, section, we have focused on the multi-item questionnaires that are used in pulmonary rehabilitation. Um, and on the one hand, you have like questionnaires that have like, the main goal to measure fatigue and um, s- such as a facet. Um, on the other hand, you, we also describe like surrogate questionnaires, so instruments that covers fatigue, um, uh, but actually measure a greater concept like quality of life, such as the um, vitality uh, domain of the SF thirty six or like the fatigue domain um, in the Chronic Respiratory Disease Questionnaire
0: okay thank you yeah and now yeah moving forward i think it, it may be a challenge to answer to this question but uh if you could only choose one uh, of these questioners to use in clinical practice which uh questioner would you recommend and, and why yeah
2: yeah indeed um tough question um and actually um I think it's, um, we made a selection, uh, and I think it's uh, up to the reader to select appropriate fatigue measure, and for this they have to, if I have to select one, I will look at several factors, for example, if the tool is reliable and valid in a certain population, in a population I, I want to measure it, but also I will check for an if there is an idea available, if I want to assess um, fatigue over time or um, evaluate like the effectiveness of a treatment, and besides that, it's for me it's also important to have a cutoff value to differentiate between the normal fatigue, as Yvonne already described, and um, to and uh, clinically relevant fatigue on the other hand. And besides this, I think it's really important to. Uh, that a a tool is short and easy to use and also available in the language of the patient so these are the factors i take into account and then i often end up with for example the facet fatigue or uh, the checklist individual strength but i think it's up to the reader to decide which one um, is the most appropriate for them
1: yeah ourselves of course we have a lot of experience with researching fatigue and cbd mainly and we mostly use the checklist individual strengths uh, subscale fatigue. And we, what we notice is that it's a very easy to use uh, questionnaire. Just short uh, questions. The patients understand it very well, and it has a discriminative purpose. So we can discriminate between normal, mild, and severe fatigue.
0: Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. And I'm sure that the information from this podcast and also the information from the tables they will uh, help. Everybody to and guide them to select the best or the most appropriate instrument to assess fatigue according to their um, yeah the characteristics that they are looking for. And but uh, now yeah changing to now more to know about the underlying underlying cause of fatigue. Uh, I have a question related to what what is your opinion about and do do you think that the current studies allow us to understand the underlying cause of fatigue and what could be some good therapeutic approaches aimed at reducing fatigue for patients with chronic respiratory disease. Do you have any, uh, could you share your thoughts about it?
1: Yes, of course. I think we have a lot of thoughts on this topic. Um, I will start start with the underlying causes because I think still a lot of progress can still be made when talking about the underlying causes. And the first thing I want to start about is if the disease-specific factors are the main driver for the fatigue. Because it's very long thought that fatigue is a direct consequence of the lung function impairment in patients with chronic respiratory disease, such as CPD or asthma but we already showed in previous studies ourselves that this is not the case. So actually we can include from these, but also other studies that the disease itself is not a direct underlying cause of the fatigue. We also see that with the medication. So there is also a study, for example, who follows up patients for four years and the lung function stays the same over the four years. So the medication and the therapeutic interventions, they work well, though the fatigue or the severe fatigue levels double over the four years. So this also shows that we need to actually look further than the disease itself and its treatment. So later on, we also performed within CUPD a systematic review, and we showed that actually a lot of factors have been found to be associated with fatigue. But then again, these factors don't necessarily need to be disease specific, because we also showed in another study again that um, the underlying causes might be transdiagnostic. So we used a large cohort from people with a lot of chronic diseases, And we actually showed that the underlying causes may be the same for CPD as well as chronic heart failure, et cetera. So I think we can learn still a lot about the underlying diseases, but we can also learn a lot from other studies because the causes seem to be similar across uh, chronic diseases.
2: At the moment, we are, we are to add, to add some things So, this, we are performing a a study in CPD, the fantastic study that is looking for like the underlying causes of fatigue in CPD um, because we we saw in the review that is published earlier that um, most studies did like a univariate analysis and it's important to take all these factors into account in one model so therefore we are we are performing a, um, a study in CPD and we hope to have the results published soon Um, but to come back to the the question about treatment for fatigue um, well there are several strategies um, and some treatments are more focused on a certain specific underlying factor of fatigue such as exercise training for deconditioning or pacing for people who are like not able to cope well with um, their activity level or the disease itself, um, but also cognitive behavior therapy in case you have like um, anxiety of depression, etc. So we have certain strategies and they benefit people, but the amount of people that benefit from the uh, specific um, treatment strategies is limited. On the other hand, we have a more uh, comprehensive approach that tackles Several underlying factors of fatigue, and this is called pulmonary rehabilitation. And (laughs) in the Cochrane review on pulmonary rehabilitation by McCartney and colleagues, um, it was uh, they showed a clinically relevant moderate certainty evidence that PR relieves fatigue. But despite the fact they um, have a clinically relevant improvement on group level, still some people um don't respond um and don't show a clinically relevant improvement despite the fact they have room to improve and i think this emphasize uh, the need for like um uh, a more integral analysis of all all possible factors that underlie fatigue so um based on that analysis we could like uh, personalize our treatment strategies and tackle um fatigue um, Better. Okay. Yeah. Good.
0: I, th- I think that this also adds to my next question because now I was about to ask you um, if we already know whether these questioners are responsible to pulmonary rehabilitation. So yeah, I think it's important that we know whether these instruments or can detect changes after pulmonary rehabilitation, um, and. Could you, you please give us an overview of your findings about the responsiveness of these questionnaires?
2: Um, yes, of course. Um, so all measures we, we, we shown on the website are um, used in relation to PR. Um, and we are included also a, refer- a reference list for each scale. So it's really handy to check it there. I don't know by um, by heart all um, like all the findings but um, I think it's important to, to know that we didn't check like the quality of the PR program so therefore I think it's really important for the listener itself to take a look at the references but we uh, reported the responsiveness of PR uh, for each questioner um, so um, I would invite them to have a look at uh, the website itself
0: yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I was also when I was checking the tables, then I noticed that the majority of the evidence is available in patients with COPD. And yeah, Yvonne just mentioned that she's also you are also performing some studies including patients with COPD. Uh, and this is this may be partially explained, of course, because due to the high prevalence of of COPD among all the chronic respiratory disease. However, I wonder if after working on these tables, you think that fatigue was explored enough in chronic respiratory disease, or should, and if you think that we should give more attention to any other specific disease other than COPD. What, what do you think?
1: Uh, yes, I agree with you that most studies, of course, are in COPD, but. Um, I think we should also focus on other chronic respiratory diseases. Also, just for the fact to raise awareness, because as Martin already stated in the beginning, fatigue is still an underreported symptom by patients, but also an underrecognized symptoms by clinicians. And by measuring fatigue, um, we also get to we start to talk about it and we re- raise awareness about it. Um, And we also saw last week. So last week, for example, there was still a study published on fatigue in patients with sarcoidosis. So there are still a lot of research groups working on it, which is great to see. Um, but nevertheless, as mentioned before, I also think that we can learn from these diseases. So because the underlying causes of fatigue may be transdiagnostics, so similar for other chronic diseases, I think we can also learn from each other. So results from the fantastique study, which we performed within CPD, can maybe in the future be translated to ILD or another respiratory disease or even about to another chronic disease. So I think it's, uh, to conclude, I think it's also important always to study fatigue, just to raise awareness, but we could also learn a lot from other diseases.
2: Yes, totally agree with um, the things Yvonne already said. I can give you um, an example. Um, So anxiety and depression, um, they aren't only limited to CPD, but we also uh, see it in sarcoidosis and other red. respiratory diseases. And, and anxiety and depression can um, be an underlying cause for fatigue. And the same is true for sleep problems we often see in CPD, but also other respiratory diseases. So I think um, we can learn a lot from other pathog- pathologies so, um, uh, and also from studies from CPD and um, translate these findings to others
1: yeah, just to add a minor thing because Martin was talking about depression. We do need longitudinal studies for it because you never know if the depression is the underlying cause of the fatigue or the, the medication and its side effects. So we always need longitudinal studies to investigate this still.
0: Okay, thank you. Yeah, that sounds interesting and indeed I think that longitudinal studies could add to to this relevant question about the um, underlying cause of fatigue. And then, yeah, I remember that when you were working on these tables and collecting all this information, we were all experiencing many changes in our lives due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And many studies have indicated that symptoms may persist months after the infection Then I'm curious uh, about whether these fatigue questionnaires were also used in studies, including patients with COVID-19 and after COVID-19.
2: Thank you for this um, question. Yeah, Um, indeed uh, fatigue gained a lot of attention uh, the couple of, um, in the last couple of years and mainly due to COVID and due to long COVID. and in the beginning, this was often measured using yes or no questions, um, but these questions aren't great to measure a treatment response. So, um, more and more papers are now using single and multi item questionnaires um, to measure fatigue and to evaluate treatment responses. And um, if I think about like one paper, the paper of Enya yeah, Danes and colleagues, for example, they, they, um, um, they evaluate the effect of PR in long COVID upon, um, like, so uh, for the for fatigue. Um, and I think, as Yvonne already said in the beginning, um, these questionnaires are um, are. Um, used in several pathologies and they are not limited to respiratory disease only except for like some, for example, the chronic respiratory disease questionnaires. But most of the fatigue questionnaires we described can be used in in several pathologies. And I think um, therefore it's handy to use them. Um, And they are also used in COVID, therefore. so for example, also the CIS fatigue is, is used and also the uh, fatigue severity scale is often used. So um, yeah, okay. they are indeed used a lot in COVID-19.
0: Okay, yeah, thank you. Uh, and, and maybe we still have time for one last question uh, then now to finish your podcast. The, and based it on the knowledge that you acquired during your PhD and now working on the tables for the ATS, what are your current recommendations for healthcare professionals or researchers that would like to assess fatigue in their patients?
1: Um, first, I would like to say measure fatigue, raise awareness, talk about it with your patients.
2: Yeah, besides that, I would say... Um... Select the a proper tool um, to measure fatigue and a tool that is reliable, valid, etc. Um,
1: evaluate it over time. I think it's very important to evaluate fatigue over time and to also measure the impact or the effect of interventions that you implement as a clinician.
2: Indeed, totally um, um, agree with this.
0: Okay. Thank you very much. And yeah, this was the ATS podcast for the Pulmonary Rehabilitation Assembly about fatigue and chronic respiratory disease. And I would like to thank Yvonne and Martin for all the work that you have been doing in this area and for sharing your knowledge and experience with us today. So thank you very much.
1: Thank Thank you for inviting us. Thank you for having us.